Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. Time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him And from that point then we hear a name change Rearrange the game so now we gotta change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. And ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 330. Chris Featherstone here, Pancakes and Power Slam show. Indeed, indeed, indeed. We're going to have a great time tonight, as we do, as always. Weekly interview tonight, we got so much to cover, as we always do. Uh, the weekly interview tonight is uh, a buddy of mine um, who uh, is the legend in the business when it comes to interviewing and announcing. Uh, he worked for AWA and he worked for WWE. Uh, it's going to be uh, with uh, Ken Resnick, ladies and gentlemen. He's also uh, he's got a big project coming up soon, uh, coming in, uh, in a few weeks, so... Uh, looking forward to you listening to the interview with Ken Resnick. Uh, we're going to talk about um, uh, just Hulk Hogan uh, and, of course, his time with Hulk Hogan. And whether Hulk Hogan, um, he, he, he hung out a lot with Hulk Hogan and uh, just some personal stories as far as working with black wrestlers and, and uh, you know, if there's any patterns about, you know, what happened um, with the with the tape. So, some very interesting stuff that we talked about. Also talked about a particular uh, black wrestler who was really over in the WWE in the uh, in the mid '80s. Uh, he was one of the 
I mean, he's a WWE Hall of Famer. He's one of the the biggest, um, one of the most popular African American wrestlers in, in pro wrestling history. So we're going to talk about him, and uh, we got a lot to cover uh, tonight. Of course, we got speaking of black wrestlers, Brickhouse Brown. We're going to talk about him. Uh, we're going to talk about the all women's pay per view evolution. Uh, Steve Steve Austin's take on uh, the the need for managers in wrestling. John Cena a possible heel turn. CM Punk uh, in wrestling. Maybe we'll see. Uh, and of course, uh, the flavor of the week is going to be we're going to continue our hashtag wrestling movie review series tonight. We're going to talk about Beyond the Mat. Wow, that's a, a very interesting uh, movie to talk about. Uh, lots cover. I remember watching it, but you know it's funny because I, I I've said this before on my show. I love watching these movies again to cover them on the show because. Uh, Watch the I watched that movie again, that documentary again, and wow, just there was so much. There was so much in that hour and a half of that movie. It was it was just action packed and just filled and just to the brim with stuff to cover. So uh, we're gonna have some fun as we always do. We'll be back on the other side after Ken Resnick interview. Enjoy the interview, and we'll be we'll be back on the other side. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Featherstone, as always, here, Pancakes and Power Slam show, 330th episode. I'm really excited about this interview. I'm always, there's something, I mean, I've interviewed so many people, over 100 people, WB Hall of Famers, NWA legends. There's something about old school minds that is just my favorite people to interview. So it's funny because I was, scouring the globe of professional wrestling. And I said, you know what? I think this person will be a perfect person to pick his mind of all of the wrestling experience that he, that he has that, that dates back over 30 years. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to present to you AWA, former AWA, former WWE announcer, Ken Resnick. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing good, Chris. How are you? And uh, first and foremost, congratulations, 330 episodes. That's some great staying power, my friend. I appreciate that. It's And it's people like you and the encouragement that uh, people like you have that just it makes me keep going. And just, I'm a WWE, WCW, NWA, AWA lifer fan, and I just have so much fun on this podcast because I talk every week I talk to people who I grew up watching or I am even peers with at this point now. <laughs> I've, been, I've been watching wrestling for so long. I grew up in the 80s. And so I, people like you seeing just all of the announcing that you did, the broadcasting, the, the, the announcing, all the people you've interviewed, it's just so amazing to really grow up seeing that. And now as a journalist for the past decade or so, I have the ability to just, have conversations with the people I grew up watching. It's just, you know, that's, that, you know, I, there's a monetary part to it. There's a engagement interactive part to it as well as far as podcasting. But, you know, well, people don't, like you. Don't get the pancake part. Yeah, there's always a pancake part. Yeah, absolutely. You know, pancakes is where it's at. And, uh, you know, let, let's start with that, actually. Um, pancakes and who we, who, who we see has a lot of pancakes. Uh, is the New Day. And, um, you know, back in the day, they had a lot of, you know, wrestling. Well, when I grew up watching wrestling, it was very 
uh, inundated with characters. And I remember uh, Tully Blanchard recently said that uh, when his father uh, had uh, a territory in the Midwest, uh, actually Northeast, I believe it was, uh, well, no, Joe Blanchard had a territory in the South. Um, and he basically uh, entered it on USA, and and the wrestling was the infomercial infomercial he said to you know to promote the the big event whatever the big event was and we saw that a lot with NWA back in the day and old school WWF at the time World Wrestling Federation uh, and now it's it's migrated a lot to just a very wrestling heavy promotion and 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 not a lot of gimmicks my question to you is um do you what are the biggest things character wise the lapses characterized that you see and then my second question is kind of tie that into something that's returning back that was very old school that you're going to be a part of uh the first part i i think chris you know back in the time when I did the, the AWA, the, the WWF, you know, one, all the interviews were, were market specific. Mm-hmm. We might talk about the same match doing it in, on an interview in Boston, in, in Chicago, in Denver, in Los Angeles. But, and there were days when we would do 75 to, to 100 interviews a day with mm-hmm. all the different talents. And we didn't rehearse any of them. You know, we might say, <clears throat> I, I might talk to who, whoever I was going to interview and, and say, you know, you got anything you want to cover? And say, you know, well, you know, let's hit this. Or sometimes they say, uh, you start and I'll follow you. And it allowed the characters and the passion yes. to really develop. Yeah. And I think, Today, one of the things that saddens me a bit is it is so rehearsed and, and if you will, scripted in terms of the talent is, is told, okay, you, you have to say this, then you must say that, and then say this, and then pause because then so-and-so is going to come out, and he's going to say this, and then you're going to say this, that, yeah. and... and you can kind of tell that too many times they come out, they're trying so hard to remember what they've been told yes. and, and have to say that, that the, the passion with which they would normally do it is, is lost. Yes. And I, I think the fans to, to a degree kind of, sense that it, and I, I go back to the, the people that, that I was lucky enough to, to learn from, learn the business from and work with, you know, the, the Bobby Heenan, Nick Bockwinkle, Blackjack Lanza, the Crusher, Mad Dog. I, I mean, their passion and, and their character development would come out where the, the fans w- would really become invested in in that character yeah. and they were allowed and 
given the opportunity to to develop those characters, you know, many times over the top characters, and and I think some of that is is lost today. I agree. Yeah. And the second point, I it was announced last night that um, as everyone is is taking a thing. Uh, Ring Warriors, the the show that was uh, developed by Howard Brody and the late great Kiro Matsudo, um, that actually at one time was the the number one show on Euro Channel, is coming back with domestic distribution of and to 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 borrow an off-use wrestling term. The bombshell that they are coming right out of the chute is going to be on WGN America, available in over 80 million homes. Wow. And as you alluded to, Chris, very old school Saturday mornings, uh, the, the, the old Saturday morning wrestling that we kind of all grew up on mm-hmm. uh, is, is coming back. Uh, the first tapings are going to be August 8th and 9th at Samstown Live in Las Vegas. And I am thrilled to be able to say that I am going to be uh, a part of that team. Wow. That's amazing. Congratulations to that. That has to be, <laughs> that has to be major. Uh, you, you've been uh, announcing some independent stuff too, right? And you still do autograph sessions and stuff. You still keep a very close pulse to the, uh, pulse to the business, don't you? Uh, you know, I, 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 I do. I don't get, to probably see as much uh, of it on, you know, TV uh, as maybe I should. Uh, but I do, I, I've had the opportunity and, and get to uh, work with just a, an amazing uh, independent, you know, here in the upper Midwest and in the Minnesota, Wisconsin area, Steel Domain Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, as you know, having done now this being your, your 330th show, and again, I'm, I'm honored you, you would come to me to, to do that number. Um, as you know, you know, independence, sometimes the staying power is not the, the greatest. Right. Uh, Steel Domain's been around for 20 years. Wow. Yeah, I've heard of Steel Domain, too. Minnesota is uh, it's a pretty, you know, popular market when it comes to wrestling, period. I mean, AWA was based in Minnesota with the Ganyas, and, uh, you know, you were, you had the opportunity to be a part of that. That's f- fantastic. You mentioned Hiro Matsuda. If I'm not mistaken, Hiro Matsuda trained Hogan, didn't he? He did. Yeah, yeah, he trained Hogan. Uh, speaking, speaking of Hogan, uh, what, what are your thoughts on Hulk Hogan nowadays? I mean, you know, the big, uh, I'm African American and, uh, I've shared my thoughts on it. Uh, you're not African American, but you, uh, have talked to Hogan plenty of times. You've interviewed Hogan, uh, and just, uh, I'm interested to know your take on just, uh, this whole thing when it comes to the remarks that he made, you know, back in, uh, 2006, 2007, uh, the release that came from WWE in 2015 and the reinstatement that was just announced, uh, this month. So just all that that wraps up in a, in a big old bow and, and, you know, just what are your thoughts on that? Well, one, I'm very glad that, Hulk's legacy has, has been, been reinstated into the WWE Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, re, regardless uh, of anything, 
um, if you're a Hall of Famer, you're you're a Hall of Famer. Uh, I, I I disagreed with him being taken out of that. And and Chris, you know, I can tell you, <clears throat> I worked with Hulk in the AWA. I worked with Hulk in the WWF, <clears throat> but we also spent time together. I, I mean, we're you know close, but we spent. A, a, a lot of off-camera time together talking. I saw the way he was in dressing rooms with other people. And those comments he made were absolutely, you know, disappointing. But I can tell you in all the years I had known Hulk, I never, ever saw anything close to that mm. never saw that side of him um he certainly worked with and did programs with you know african-american wrestlers um there were uh, gay men in, in the office um and he always <clears throat> liked them respected them um, I've kind of chosen to think, you know, everybody has a, a breaking point. And, you know, when those comments came out, you know, he was going through the, the very bitter public divorce, you know, with Linda, mm -hmm. his, his son was going through everything as a result of that you know, horrible car accident. Uh, and I, I kind of think he, he just <clears throat> snapped. Mm. Um, it was not the Hulk that, that I knew. And we've gotten together uh, <clears throat> on a couple instances uh, since <clears throat> he, he's always been great to me, very warm to me. Um, I can understand uh, certainly, you know, on the heels of those comments, uh, WWE kind of taking him off, you know, the, the air for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm very glad he, he's back, um, in the hall of fame. And I've seen a number of the comments he has made since that I, choose to believe and, and feel were absolutely genuine. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know how much fans meant to Hulk and mean to Hulk because I had, you know, countless opportunities to, to see him interact. Um, and I think he, he genuinely um, was not only hurt, for himself, for having said those things and having it become public in, in the way and the manner in which it did. But uh, I think he he took it very hard and personal that he disappointed uh, a, a lot of his fans. So yeah. I'm, I'm um, glad he's back and, you know, have nothing but the, the most uh, love and respect for him. Yeah. I think that's uh, very well said uh, as far as 
you know, the legacy of Hulkamania. And, and I've said this before, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, I'm a, I'm a black journalist that's, uh, that uh, has a podcast, uh, that have talked to a lot of people within WWE and, 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 uh, just ROH, New Japan and so forth. And I'm always looking to see just, you know, it's one thing about being on, the camera and, and, and kind of playing to the camera and saying all the right things for the camera. But I always like talking to people who've actually worked with Hogan behind the camera, especially African-Americans, especially black wrestlers, and just really get their take on how Hogan was, uh, you know, behind the camera. And as far as all the people I've talked to, including yourself, uh, have said that Hogan, that that's not something that Hogan would do. You know, so well, I can I can only go by what I hear. So you know, I, I can I can get into one you know instead of generalities, one very specific. In, in my time with WWF, Hulk was working uh, a program and teaming up with Junkyard Dog. Mm. And Legendary JYD, yeah. So I had the opportunity to see Hulk interacting you know, with JYD, you know, in the locker room before the matches, after the matches. Mm -hmm. And it was the utmost mutual respect on, on both sides. That's so, awesome. You know, it's, it's one thing to talk, you know, generally I never saw this, but there's a, a specific example in that, you know, they JYD and Hulk together had, had a, a long run teaming up. Mm. Uh, so, so there's a, a specific one I can give. Yeah, that, that, that's a very. Uh, thank you for that. I appreciate that. That's a, that's a really good specific one. How how did he and Mr. T get along? Yeah, you know, I I I think fine. But I've got to tell you, in terms of me being with the two of them together, it it was limited time. So, mm -hmm. uh, I, on that, I, I'm probably not your best source, but. Just because I, I didn't, I, I wasn't around the two of them sure. very, very much. I mean, there, there were a few shows uh, where, you know, Mr. T came in and some house shows where, you know, they, they got along fine, but mm -hmm. I, I, I can't be a great source like I was in terms of Hulk and, and JYD just because I, I wasn't around the two of them together that much. Yeah. You know what, before we close, I, I want to go to JYD for a second. I, he was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up, and uh, I, I was un, I, I was very disappointed. Just kind of, you know, thirty years later, I was disappointed that neither WWE or NWA WCW ever gave him a, a world championship run. Why, why do you think that was the case? Um. Well, I, I can really only speak for WWF and, and, you know, I, I, I want to be upfront. This is just, you know, my opinion. Um, I don't think it was anything other than when JYD, you know, had the great run with WWF and, and, and when I was there, I mean, JYD got, uh, you know, great push, uh, tremendous reception, you know, wherever we went. Oh yeah. But, but if you think about it, you know, he was also there, you know, with a Hulk Hogan, you know, with a macho man, Randy Savage, mm -hmm. you know, with, uh, uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, who, who was also trained by hero Matsudo. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it, it was one of those things that uh, if you come into, you know, a, a, a stack territory, um, there can only, you know, there's only a, a, a couple belts. So I, I don't think it was anything more than that. I know that he got a number of stories, uh, you know, and back then it was in WWF magazine and, and we did countless interviews together. Uh, you know, and, and it, it speaks to the regard that JYD was held in by WWF. Otherwise they wouldn't have teamed him with Hulkster. Uh, so I, I think it was really nothing more than, you know, it, it's like, you know, you, you, you can, you know, take football today. Um, and, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was a great quarterback, but when you're playing, you know, behind Tom Brady, you're not going to get a real great <laughs> shot. Uh, and, and I think it, it, it was just that the, the WWF, <clears throat> Were, you know, and Andre was there. I mean, it was just so talent heavy that, you know, you know, back then they, they you know, uh, it, it wasn't like today, you know, they had the, the heavyweight championship and I think uh, just the, the intercontinental championship, but, you know, in, in terms of singles, that was it. Yeah. So I think it was just, you know, sheer numbers. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to explain it because I, it's one of those things. I think that he, I think, I mean, he drew like he drew crazy. You know, like people loved him. He was one of the top baby faces. You know, at that time, um, you know, drew crowds like no, nobody's business. You know, even in the, in the mid south and and uh, yeah, yeah, I think probably Hogan was kind of monopolizing the babyface market at that time when it came to uh, Ricky, the top guy. So Ricky the Dragon was there. Yeah, Steamboat. Snake, yeah, yep. Snake, the Snake was there. And yeah, I, 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 I guess from the question. I I don't think there was anything nefarious. It was just, you know, a a, a numbers game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think well Hogan had the title for what four years, and then um, sure. then, then, then the whole Andre thing in '88, I believe that was, and he yep. regained it shortly uh, shortly after that. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I guess that wasn't a I guess JYD was uh, was but even then at the time I think he still he was shooting against Valentine for the Intercontinental Championship, wasn't he? But he never but he never won it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Greg the Hammer was there. Brutus Beefcake was there. I mean, there were uh, a lot of big name, top name Hall of Famers in that territory. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I mean. I remember, you know, back in those days, the, the one-hour show, we did three interviews, sometimes four within the body of the show. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was tough to, you know, the British Bulldogs were there. I mean, it, it was tough to get all the top-name talent interview time. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, it, you know, I just because even after that, like around 1990, he was even feuding with Flair for the um, 
for the WCW uh, when NWA was transitioning into WCW for you know he had world title feeds with Flair at the time too. But if there's a, if there's one uh, black uh, current wrestler who you think should be world champ uh, right now, who who should it be? Um. Boy, I um. So with well, WWE, we've got Lash, Bobby Lashley, The New Day. Um, well, I, I was going to say certainly um, Bobby Lashley has 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 got the the look and you know the the talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and 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 he's getting uh, you know a a a pretty good push, mm-hmm. uh, but. Being, you know, completely honest, um, however many years ago when he was also getting a pretty good push, he decided to leave. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's that's true. I I don't know if they'll ever, you know, feel uh, confident to to, um, put the, the belt on him. Yeah. And plus, uh, I think, you know, he's in his early 40s now. And, um, you know, back in the day, probably, you know, 80s, mid, late 80s, you know, putting a title on a 40-year-old was nothing, you know. Um, Especially, you you would know, the NWA, Kanye had the title. (laughs) And Bockwinkle, yeah. Yeah, yep. Both of them were in their 40s. So, uh, but now, I mean, uh, I would say probably in the past 10 years, it's been more in the early 30 crowd as far as champions. Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns. I, I, I I think part of that... Chris comes to uh, that's a little more the the crowd WWE is playing towards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean that's uh, okay. Shameless plug. Um, no. Uh, one of the reasons you know I'm really excited about being uh, part of Ring Warriors um, that they're going to take I think a very more uh, kind of old school. Uh, approach, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And, I mean, they're bringing in the, the likes of um, you know Austin Aries, uh, Eli Drake, uh, the the Slambinos, Luke Hawks, um, and and I think it, it's going to be you know more old school wrestling uh, than it will be sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Certainly a difference there. So, you know, uh, I was only planning on talking to you for uh, about 10 minutes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I told you, man, I picked your brain and I knew it was going to be longer. So uh, I'll stop it here. Hopefully we can get you back uh, sooner than later. And uh, just let the listeners know where to find you on social media. And one more time for uh, Ring Warriors. Uh, well, I am on Facebook. And uh, Ring Warriors will premiere Saturday morning, September 15th on WGN America. And it's going to be at uh, Old School Saturday morning at 8 a.m. both Eastern and Pacific mm-hmm. times. Uh, WGN is, is one of the rare uh, super stations. Chris, it still has a double feed. 
So oh, it'll nice. be it, it'll be both 8 a.m. on the East Coast and the West Coast. Awesome. Ken, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully we can get you in uh, back on the show soon and uh, pick your brain for another half hour. I, I would <laughs> enjoy that, Chris. It was my pleasure. And again, uh, congratulations on show number 330. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show, and you have a great day. You too, Chris. Bye-bye. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three. Our mind. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear. We taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys' way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood, Hendrix, Prizzle, pinning them. To the max. And I'm Das Wonderkin with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gaps and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome. Never lost faith. You in all space. You can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. <laughs> From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier. Mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals. Using God for my defense in Alabama We jamming, that's beautiful Bobby E and me and Priest We the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat Tie the do-rag before we do battle You're talking shit, you all what you speak This too sweet Till the number is took back We repping that wolf pack The foundation shaking, no mistaking Yeah, we shook that Trust in God, we trust Pushing forward, never look back Meekness ain't at all weakness Some people mistook that Stamping out this crook rap He turning the power we're on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man, we bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king, sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games, our army go move too. You through, I'm in the raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. And the grand scheme is that easy. We tag teaming, Donna brothers, we love it. Demand the win, establish it. This the clash to the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. And a special thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen. A special thank you to my guy, Ken Resnick, former AWA, former WWE announcer. Awesome stuff, awesome, uh, wonderful, um, just uh, information that he shared. I knew I was excited to, to interview him, and uh, it was a success as far as what I, I, w- I wanted to pick his brain. Uh, we talked before uh, we interviewed, and um, very personal guy, very, very awesome dude, and I'm very uh, delighted to interview Ken Resnick. Um, very interesting take on Hulk Hogan, take on uh, Junkyard Dog, and um, just it was just really awesome. And uh, hopefully, we'll get him back on the show soon, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> there was so much more I wanted to talk about, uh, but yeah, great stuff. All right, so as people load in the chat room, this is the 330th episode of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Before we go any further, uh, I want to encourage everyone to do uh, two things. 
I want uh, I encourage everyone to uh, follow me at Chris Prolific on Twitter. Follow the Pancakes and Power Slam show uh, at Crave Wrestling on Twitter. Uh, and also one more thing, uh, I would like for people to uh, subscribe to this show, the Pancakes and Power Slam show on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. You get to listen to all the archived interviews. Uh, I don't know, probably 150 of them by now. Um, so, yeah, go go subscribe on iTunes. Leave a, a great message so uh, people can see how awesome the Pancakes and Power Slam show is. Let's really push this audio. Um, you know, it's been almost six and a half years since the Pancakes and Power Slam show has been on the air live and then living color, getting funky like a monkey, if you will. Um, so, yeah, if, you, if you're watching this right now, uh, go subscribe on iTunes. Uh, download the episode uh, on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, let's really push this audio and, get, and, and share, share. I mean, we have so much amazing interaction. What's up, GHP? What's up, Wild Boy? Uh, we, have, we have faithfuls every week who really make this show, from a video perspective, so amazing and so exciting. Um, just, and, and, you know, it was, it's funny because I didn't start doing video, uh, for my podcast till probably, I don't know, maybe a year ago, maybe, maybe a little longer, but, um, I think maybe, maybe a year ago around, around then. So, um, yeah. So yeah, please, uh, support by downloading the audio, go on blogtalkradio.com and, um, yeah, support the show via audio. Download on iTunes. Uh, you know, have a positive review uh, if you like the show. You know, don't have a positive review if you don't like it, but <laughs> have a positive review if you like the show. Um, got a comment here that said we love the show. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, so that's my that's my big plug for tonight. Go and download the episode on Blog Talk Radio. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen to all the um, all the archive interviews and here's here for all the people who's listening live and listen to an archive. Let's do this. Download the um, subscribe on iTunes. Listen to as many, you know, it'll show you who was on the show that night as far as the interview. So listen to an interview and let me know what you think of an interview. Uh, that, and I'll, you know, I'll do my best to bring the person back on. So whatever interview like you like, um, let me know at Chris Prolific at Crave Wrestling. Let me know what interview you liked or you listened to from a year, two years, three years, five years ago, uh, and let me know what interview you liked and uh, if you want that person back on the show. So we'll we'll see what we can do. And uh, I have uh, contacts to most of the people I've interviewed um, in the past six years. So yeah, awesome, good stuff. What's going on, Marcel? What's going on, Lexi? Um, Zed, what's going on? Uh, we got some people loading on the loading up in the chat room, and it's always a great time. So, got a lot to talk about today, as we always do. We got Brickhouse Brown. Um, we got uh, Beyond the Mad, as you saw by the uh, <laughs> the poster for the show. Um, we have um, CM Punk uh, in Ring of Honor. Steve Austin talk with regarding managers and we got the all women's pay-per-view chat. We're going to talk about that as well. So lots and lots to talk about. I'm really, really talk. I'm really excited about talking about beyond the mat. And um, yeah, again, I watched it again today and 
it was it was really awesome to watch again. And like I said, with the other ones, the other one, the only movie so far out this is what the fourth week of the hashtag wrestling movie review series. We might even do it next week. This has been really really fun. Um, the first week was No Holds Bar. The second week was Ready to Rumble. Third week was Body Slam, and this week would be Beyond the Mat. Body Slam um, was probably the only movie that me watching it again, um, I probably felt less than I did when I watched it the first time. Because I don't know, I just Body Slam didn't really click to me, unfortunately. Um, it was just really campy, really cheesy. I mean, No Holds Bar was too, and Ready to Rumble was to an extent as well, but. I don't know. Body Slam was probably the only one that didn't really stick to me. So, um, but at the same time, uh, Beyond the Mat was incredible. Uh, it was a really amazing documentary. We'll talk about that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Body Slam was more like an inside cradle. Yeah, I think that's a or a schoolboy <laughs> or a backslide. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you one hundred percent on that on that comment there in the chat room. Um, all right, so let's diving right into the first trivia question. Let's let's why, why why wait? Here we go. What year was Dolph Ziggler's first Intercontinental title reign and who did he beat? Two-parter here. What year was Dolph Ziggler's first Intercontinental title reign and who did he beat? There's a two-parter for you. A little bit difficult to start off the Pancakes and Power Slam show. We got 2009 Ray, we got John Morris in 2009. Nope. Neither of them are correct, unfortunately. Neither of them are correct. Uh, 2010 Miz, nope. I'll wait for one more answer, see if it's right or not. Um, let's see. <laughs> uh, tough question is a comment here. We'll see. I mean, we'll we'll see. Any anybody? Any other guess? Um, again. First year, the year that uh, Dolph Ziggler won his first Intercontinental Championship, and the person he beat. So we've got some answers. Okay, 2009, Drew McIntyre. Nope. All right, looks like I stumped. Uh, looks like I stumped the chat room. Here we go. 2010 and Kofi Kingston. 2010 and Kofi Kingston. That's who Dolph Ziggler beat to become the Intercontinental Championship, Intercontinental Champion for the first time. All right, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, get right into the headlines. We've got a lot to talk about, so uh, let's dive right into it. Here we go. All right. Uh, yeah, that was still SOS Kofi, yeah. <laughs> You know what's so funny? Before we get before we talk about Brickhouse Brown here and um, uh, Evan Tech Proud is about to come. He's got actually some inside scoops on Brickhouse Brown because he's uh, friends with uh, B. Brian Blair. Um, yeah. So before we get into that, let's let's talk about Kofi Kingston's Jamaican gimmick and how the funny part of that is that how it just dropped, like how the gimmick just dropped. <laughs> um, and, and I think he was talking to Triple H, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and he just he, he was like, 
he was doing the Jamaican thing, and I think he was talking to Triple H backstage on an episode of Raw. If I'm not mistaken, it, it could be a little cloudy, but I think this is true. He was talking to a co- he was talking to Triple H on the backstage episode of Raw, and he was speaking in just proper English. And I think Triple H called him out and said, "You know, you don't have an accent anymore." And then that just kind of dropped the whole thing. If I if I'm not mistaken, but that's that's what I recall as, as the as it dropped. So very very interesting. Um, Lo, he's actually Ghanaian. Um, yeah, but he was born in I think he was born in Boston. I think he I think he's a tried and true U.S. citizen. I think if I'm not mistaken, he was he's a Boston native. Uh, Zed saying, "Yep, it was H." Yeah, cool. Okay, great. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, just random conversation with Triple H. Hey, you know you don't have an accent. Oh, oops, my bad. Um. <laughs> what was that? What that part of the plan to drop it, or did he forget? Uh, yeah, you know it's 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 crazy because uh, Wabo said I was right. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, it seems like the, well, what year was it? I think it was 2011, if I'm not mistaken, that Kofi had that push um, where he beat CM Punk and Randy Orton like within seconds of each other at the Survivor Series and won the match for his team. I think it was 2011 when he – someone correct me if I'm wrong or affirm if I'm right here. I think it was 2011 when Kofi had that push when he was feuding with with Randy Orton. So Gabriel saying, go Pats like Kofi. Yeah. I I think Shawn Michaels might have been in that segment too, Zed. Yeah. Um, Go Pats like Kofi. I'm a Tennessee Titans guy. I, and the reason why I'm a Tennessee Titans guy is because I'm a diehard Ohio State fan. I'm a Columbus, Ohio native, uh, born and bred and raised and still still in Columbus. Um, big Buckeye fan, huge Buckeye fan. And back in the mid-'90s, we had Eddie George, and uh, one of the greatest running backs in the history of Ohio State football. And uh, he went to Tennessee. He got drafted to Tennessee in the NFL. Before then, I was uh, I liked the 49ers growing up. Uh, but I really didn't know too much about football. I just kind of picked the team. Uh, Steve Run- Joe Montana and Steve Young were real big at, uh, during that time. Montana first and then Steve Young, of course. So I just kind of went with what I saw on TV a lot, uh, which was the 49ers. And that's probably why I don't like the Cowboys. So, like, the Dallas Cowboys is like my worst favorite team because they're the 49ers is their rival. So the, the, the Cowboys is still the least, the, the, my least favorite team. Although they have, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> an OSU running back is their star players. Um, but at the same time, um, I like Tennessee Titans. I went from 49ers to when I started really watching football, I would say probably early to mid-90s. Um, big Warren Moon. Going, someone. 
storm number nine against uh against the Titans. Mm, St. Louis Rams. Kirk. Yeah, so Kurt Warner, thank you. <laughs> it was on the tip. Of, it was like right there, but I was trying to figure out like, oh, okay, yeah, Kurt Warner, fantastic quarterback. So that was the closest we got to to winning a championship, but we haven't yet. So unfortunately, um, Mike Vrabel, um, OSU guy, you know, taking the reins. So uh, that should be really really cool. So. Uh, we've got to ask Chris question from Multi Apples. What do the wrestlers backstage think of Brock Lesnar? Oh, so you were you're supposed someone was supposed to remind me of that on Twitter, so I would have asked uh, the WWE wrestlers that I'm that I'm in touch with. Oh, you got to remember you got to remember that. Um, you got to tweet that to me so I will remember so I can do it right. As soon as I get the tweet, I can I can send and I can send some feelers and and see what the what the reaction is. We talked about that probably a week or two ago, but you forgot to tweet me at Chris prolific and uh, remind me. Cause I, you know, I got so much going on. I'm a, I'm a PhD student, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm about to become a doctor. So, um, yeah, <laughs> my mind is, my mind is inundated with the word dissertation, dissertation, dissertation. So that's a, I'm currently working on my dissertation. I'm almost done. I'm done with all, I've been done with all my classes for, almost about a year now over a year actually um and i'm working on my dissertation and um kind of plowing through that and uh so <laughs> dissertation i have dissertation dreams ladies and gentlemen so uh yeah so please remind me <laughs> please please remind me uh no that's not the degree that's uh, thank you multi apples uh the degree that i will be getting is forensic psychology so that that would be i'll be a forensic psychology doctor so fun stuff very very fun stuff working on my dissertation is uh it's tough but it's uh i'm learning quite a bit so all right let's get into another trivia question what was johnny the bull's name when he competed in TNA. I said, wait wait a minute. Wait a minute. A TNA question. What was Johnny the Bull's name when he competed in TNA? Is that is that maybe the first TNA question? What? Um another Ask Chris question. What is your perspective on the fact that WWE has continued to endorse Hawk yet have relatively Shum, shunned Mula. Ooh, Lexi always asks the awesome questions. You know what? I'm going to put you over uh, for always asking the awesome questions. Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. Okay, so endorse Hawk, but but shun Mula. Now Mula did not as far as I know, Mula did not um get ousted from the Hall of Fame. So I will say that. Um she did not get resented from the Hall of Fame. Uh she got a battle royal name removed from her because of the public. So the WWE um if it was up to them, 
Moolah still would have, I mean, it still would have been the Moolah, Fabulous Moolah Battle Royal. So that was a, that was totally a public thing. So, um, and, you know, they're reaching out to sponsors and things like that. And WWE, you know, being a public publicly traded company, they had no other option but to nix Moolah from that. So, um I would say that WWE, if it was up to WWE, Moolah still would have been, it would still have been the Moolah Battle Royal, and she would have still had that type of honor and recognition. But because of the public, um, she didn't. So that was a public thing. Pub, the public, the court of public opinion, defeat, you know, won the court case between, you know, them and and and, uh, and WWE. And the court of, court of public opinion. You know that's that's the the judge, jury, and the executioner, and, and and quite a bit of things nowadays, especially since the social media is the you know the it's the thing, you know as far as opinions nowadays. So, good question. Ask Chris, what do you think of WWE whitewashing the Ultimate Warrior's past and having an award named after him? Another good question. Really, really good question. Um. I think I don't necessarily think that it, WWE's whitewashing Ultimate Warriors past because for a long time they, you know, communicate with him with, uh, you know, a 100-foot pole. Um, we don't want you to come close to WWE. So, um, personal, you know, his, you know, here's the thing. I... Let me say this. Let me say this, and 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 I mean it in in the greatest sincerity. I think that sometimes the public is very insensitive. Not and, and let me let me preface this by saying a lot of the a lot of the things that the Ultimate Warrior said was ridiculous, including races in, in, in cases which I didn't like. Um, and so anything that come anything that deals with racism and, and things like that is just ridiculous. I will say this though, uh, and this isn't necessarily an Ultimate Warrior's defense because I don't defend most of the things that he said because they were quite heinous. Um, but there's some things that was simply his opinion on issues. So I'll say that. So if you want to. Uh, if if you want to criticize the Ultimate Warrior for things that he said about just races and you know things like that is ridiculous. But if he's if he feels a certain way towards a a movement or an issue, that's his opinion. And even if I disagree with it, that's his opinion. So I mean that's you know that's <laughs> that's that. I can't you know I can't. Um, I, you know, I, I can't, this is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. I can't call myself tolerant towards something if I'm intolerant toward a differing opinion. I'll, I'll say that. So um, even if I don't agree with the opinion, if it's their opinion, it might be ridiculous. It might sound stupid, but um, it's that. Now, if you're just straight up just, Okay, if you say I don't believe this or I think this is I don't I'm not okay with this or I feel different toward this thing, that's one thing. But if you're just like 
straight up, you know, slandering and just uh, total, totally bashing someone or something, you know, that's ridiculous to me. I mean, that's that's uncalled for. But um, and I think WWE was aware of that. WWE at the end of the day, WWE is a big PR. I mean, they're they're a traded company, so PR is one of the most important aspects about WWE. So if it doesn't please the if it doesn't please the 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 court of public opinion, so to speak, if it doesn't please the shareholders, the stockholders, the you know uh, the the viewers as a whole. That's one of those things that um, they're gonna they're gonna you know treat it very lightly. They're gonna they're gonna be very serious about it. So, but as we saw, as we're seeing, the WWE stock uh, is <laughs> at record highs. You know, it's like it's funny. The WWE had record low raw ratings this year. The, the same year, 2018, out of 25 years of WWE Raw content, they have had record low viewers this year, but record high stock prices. That, that To me, that's, that is insane to me. It just seems absurd. Like, I don't, I don't know how... I, I don't understand how companies and, and, and networks feel like they can invest in WWE, but I tell you what, man, the very fact that it's a well-oiled machine and, you know, there's company vice presidents, they're doing fantastic. Uh, JumpTube is uh, mentioning that it's up 400% over the past year. That is crazy. <laughs> that is absolutely crazy. Um, but But viewers are down, <laughs> you know, like I said, record lows in 25 years, but even with record lows, they're up, you know, as JumpTube is alluding, 400% from last year, got a deal with Fox, the first ever they're able to separate, not only separate Raw and SmackDown with uh, different networks, but use, I mean, because things, USA and CW and all those, you know, they, they were under the same umbrella. But with 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 WWE now with Raw and SmackDown come the fall of 2019, not only are they on different networks, but that but now they're with different parent companies. Now that's huge. That is absolutely huge. The very fact that SmackDown, the the you know the typically known as the B Show, can sit there and like just totally. <laughs> Uh, totally pre- present the SmackDown brand that's the B show to be on Fox Network, one of the biggest parent companies uh, pe- uh, of of all television. That's uh, you know kudos to them. Can't really say that. So Vince McCussels has has the touch in the power. Yes, there you go. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I think we got a. I think we had a. Um, Let's see. Yes, I believe Sci-Fi was also owned by um by by oh, was it Disney? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, or yeah, um, the USA. I think Sci-Fi was also owned by the same parent company as USA. So, um, yeah. All right, uh, I think we had a correct answer here. Uh, Relic. 
Relic, which is uh, killer spelled backwards. How about that? Um, so, yeah, we're writing on Avatech Proud. Uh, he's uh, in Baltimore. I think he, he told me, he texted me and let me know that there was some flooding going on. He has some, he has some information about Brickhouse Brown. We'll save Brickhouse Brown and wait for him to come call in if he's able to. Uh, there's some crazy weather going on there in uh, Baltimore. Um, but we'll save that uh, for what he has, uh, the scoops that he has, as he, if he's able to come. If he's not, we'll, we'll cover it uh, regardless. Uh, let's talk about Stephanie McMahon, though. Um, okay, so she announced she announces an all-woman pay-per-view. She says evolution. So first of all, you had Vince McMahon, um, you know, no music, <laughs> just, just straight up. In the ring, he introduces Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Triple H uh, cuts the promo saying that it's uh, about, you know, you guys and the fans and with a tear in my eye and so forth. And then Stephanie McMahon says it started with the hashtag give divas a chance. And then divas became women and superstars and yada, blah, yada. And then the all-women's pay-per-view, uh, Luis is saying, I'm in Baltimore, and the rain is ridiculous. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard it was, like, flooding and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah. Uh, so, Stephanie McMahon is saying, um, you know, Evolution is what it's called, which is a good, you know, which is a good pay-per-view name, I think, you know, especially specifically toward the woman, um, woman's revolution, evolution, so... Uh, and so that's where it came. So that's the, the all women's pay per view is going to be at the end of October. So October is having two pay per views. They're having um, the Super Show on October the third, I believe, and then the uh, WWE Evolution on the twenty eighth, I believe. I believe twenty uh, eighth. So, um, okay. So almost immediately, I got a tweet. And uh, yeah, RIP TLC. Uh, and I'm cool with that too. I think TLC as a pay per view was um, it was ridiculous. So, um, so yeah, I, I um, we'll see. We'll see about uh, TLC. I, I didn't think TLC was. I think TLC got really stale. I, and I think what was it? Um, Angle and was it Angle Reigns? Uh, Angle Rollins and Ambrose against um, oh, who did it go against? Because I know that the Shield went against the New Day at Survivor Series, uh, and then it was Angle. Oh, Angle. Because Roman Reigns had the mumps, and so it was uh, Angle Rollins and uh, Kane Braun the Bar. Okay, that was that was at TLC last year, right? Um, Kane Braun the Bar, or was it the Miz? Was it the Miz's thing too? Or like didn't the didn't the Miz have something to do with that? Um, at TLC last year, um, ten three can't came as Braun in the bar. Okay, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, no, you got to remember multi apples. I appreciate the tweet, but you got to remember, you got to tell me like 
tomorrow or something like that. So, so I remember at the time I can't do it right now. So you gotta you gotta tell me like tomorrow or something when I'll be able to do it. Uh, okay, cool. Thank you for that. Three on five handicap match. Um, Brickhouse Browns wiki page saying that he died on seven twenty eighteen. Okay, so that's the thing. So Bree Brian Bree Brian Blair from the Killer Bees announced that uh, he was he was dead. Um, and then he woke up. So, you know, I, I'm, uh, I believe in miracles and, uh, he woke up and told his mom that he was hungry. So, you know, that he, you know, he, he was pronounced dead as far as I know. And, um, yeah, yeah I mean, he, he woke back up. So, um, there's some new stuff. I believe that, uh, if Evan's able to come on tonight, we'll, uh, we'll find that out. But, uh, uh, he he told me Evan told me earlier uh, today, and so um, if he's able to, we'll talk about. It. If not, uh, I'll, I'll share what what uh, he shared to me. Uh, so yeah, as far as evolution is concerned, um, I'm not I'm not too wild. Joker says my birthday Tuesday ten two, so ten three can't be right. Uh, um. I don't remember what day it is. WWE, the one in Australia, the Super Show. Um, let me see. WWE Super Show. I think it's called the Super Show, right? In Australia. Uh, somebody find that for me. Um, oh, I got another Ask Chris question, too. That's cool. Uh, October 6th. Okay, thank you, Monty Apples. Um, October 6th. And then the twenty eighth is the is it the twenty eighth for the evolution, I believe. So the October yeah, Super Showdown. Okay, thanks, GHP. Yeah. Uh Super Showdown. That's October sixth, I believe that's a Saturday. Right? It's a Saturday. And then the Sunday is October twenty eighth for the Hall of Fame. I mean for the uh uh for the woman's pay per view. Okay, so real quick on my, my thoughts on that. Um I don't uh I wish that it was. I wish that it was booked a little better. I understand the. I understand the speech and and the setup and all that, but I'm still a big fan of kayfabe. I just, you know, I think that you can kayfabe that. I, I would have rather saw, um, a kayfabe way to announce that. Like maybe next week, um, you know, you have Ronda Rousey and. Uh, Alexa Bliss go, go at it. Uh, I would have even done it after Survivor Series. You know, I would have I would have had some type of uh, you know probably. Um, so here here's the thing, and I, for some reason I feel like I'm always booking. Uh, I'm not going to forget your question, Brandon. Um, for some reason I feel like I'm fantasy. I love fantasy booking. Um, I used to have I used to have a fantasy wrestling league. I had this. I, I can't. I wish I had my I have this um like this tablet that I put together that I was booking. I was booking matches for like a year and it was uh when I had when I used to play WWE No No Mercy all the time on, on Nintendo sixty four, I actually was an old I started my own federation of old um WWE guys. <laughs> so uh it was it was really cool. And I had a I had a tablet and a you know and I would I would straight up you know book for it so 
it was really enjoyed um, So like, I think it's really cool. And uh, um. Uh, so here, here, this is how I would have done it. To to all ads, um, and Rousey versus Stephanie McMahon for the title at this pay per view. I think that's would have been the biggest. Okay, now uh, we're going to start with the uh, the Raw at the SummerSlam after Rousey wins the match. That's when you say, um, you'll, you'll, this, this feud has to be settled in the ring, and it's going to be settled on October 30th at the all-women's pay-per-view evolution. I think that's how you do it. I mean, you, you, you marquee it by Ronda Rousey versus Stephanie McMahon, and so um, that's how it's done. That's how you do it. That's how you make it happen, ladies and gentlemen. Um, all right. So uh let me see can let me see if you all can um hear me at all. Um and see me. Let me get some confirmation here from the um from the live stream as far as uh where we're at. Okay, here we go. Um you give them some connection issues here. All right, let's see what we got. Uh, Brickhouse Brown, Wiki page, having some trouble here with the connection uh, from the from the video cast. Um, but yeah, so that's what I would have done. That's what I've done. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I think we're getting some. All right, you guys got. You guys got it. You guys got it. All right, here we go. Um, I can see you. Okay, cool. You're not seeing. I can see you. That's good stuff. Uh, all right. So, okay. So let's go to this Ask Chris question. Do you think the New Age Outlaws make the Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah, I do. Why not? I mean, I. Uh, yeah. See, that's tough because do you do the New Age Outlaws by themselves or do you do DX as a as a whole? If you do DX as a whole, that means that you have Shawn Michaels and Triple H um, with two Hall of Fame rings. And you don't want to get to the point where, where like a, a variety of people have more than one um, – you know, uh, Hall of Fame rings. So right now, Flair uh, Flair's the only person who has two WWE Hall of Fame rings. I don't think you want to do it with a lot of people. Because if you do DX, you you know, uh, Michaels will have two. I can see Hunter going. Of course, Hunter is going to go in by himself. He's probably going to lead one. So that means that Hunter would go in by himself. But if you put DX in, that means that he'll have a ring as a faction before singles, which doesn't make sense to me. So, oh, yeah. See, that's the thing because you know if you put the NWO, oh, all of 
the city of faction either, do you? I would say no to DX as a faction, although they although they've had a Hall of Fame style career. They're, they them as a faction didn't last too long. They were revolutionary in the Attitude Era for sure. But I think you Ixnay DX and then you put uh, Michaels is already in. You put Triple H as an individual and you put the New Age Outlaws as an individual. I think that that would be my call. So, uh, do you think CM Punk will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Ask Christy. You see the women's pay per view as a marketing ploy to show inclusiveness or an actual evolution of the WWE brand? Good question, of course. Um, I think I think it's probably a combination of both. Of course, you know, with with anything, um, with with anything WWE related, you know, it's it's marketing. So you you know you that's that's their thing. You want to get back to you know you want to get to the point where with WWE. You're always marketing something. You're always trying to plug something. It's a it's a very money driven, uh, it's a very money driven organization that wants to market and and continue to plug their brand, which which is cool. I, I don't have a problem with that. Um. So I mean, you know, what does that what does that mean? Um. um as far as the inclusive inclusiveness part we i mean we've seen that though we've seen that with the um we've seen that with the um with all of the first evers with the first ever royal rumble with the first ever um uh with the first ever elimination chamber women's with the first ever you know uh uh still cage match uh hell in a cell so there was plenty of first evers, you know, that we've had in the past couple of years. So, you know, they've been including, I mean, they've been, they've been main eventing, you know, paper, you know, they main evented the pay-per-view uh, in Boston. So they've, they've, WWE's done a good job with including the woman for sure. So, but, you know, it's one of those things that, and, and this is, this is my take on it. Sometimes you get to a point, where you feel when you push something so much like ad nauseum, it gets to the point where it can kind of can be counterproductive. And a lot, you know, with, with the whole all women's pay-per-view, I, I don't have a problem with that because TNA's done it before. You know, they're not the first, you know, they're not the first, um, uh, uh, brand or first promotion has done an all women's pay per view. It's been done before, but here's the thing: I don't mind an all women's pay per view. Just give me, I mean, like that's not the selling point to me. I'm still just because it's an all women's pay per view doesn't mean that like I'm sold to to wanting to to watch it and give it a great review. You're still going to have to give me storylines. You're still going to have to give me compelling material to look at. I mean, just because it's an all woman's pay-per-view doesn't mean a hill of beans as far as my interest. You know, I'm going to watch it because that's what I do is, is watch and, and, and write and, you know, analyze and critique. And I may have a podcast, you know, talk about wrestling. So I'm going to watch it regardless, but at the same time, 
you know, you got you got to give me some substance there. So, what do I mean by compelling material to look at? I'm talking about storylines. Like, here's the thing: just because you're pl- just because you're plugging a all women's pay per view isn't an automatic, you know, uh, uh, selling point to me personally. I would say I, I would say a, a lot of other people too. WWE has done. Um, the, uh, a very poor job with booking a lot of people recently. I mean, they they have so many people on their uh, or uh, on their brand, but they've done a pretty bad job with booking them. I mean, Ember Moon right now should be one of the hottest names um, in all of WWE right now. She's feuding with the Riot Squad, Sans Ruby Riot. And it's just, I mean, Oscar's another name. She's feuding with, you know, she had a match with Billy Kay. You know, it's like Amber Moon and Oscar are two of the two of the hottest names in all of the women's division, and they're two of the most unmisutilized, un- you know, names on the roster, which is absolutely terrible. So, um. Got some more questions. Who goes in first, China or Owen? I say China. Uh, ask Christy, you think Dean Lincoln will ever get into the a call into the Hall of Fame? That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. Um, uh, you know, he's been an agent for a while now. They'll probably just give him. They'll probably give him a Hall of Fame deal. You know, because he's been there. For so long, you know, so um, perhaps, yeah, you know, why, yeah, sure, sure, you know, Demolenko Hall of Fame, sure, why not? I think there was another Ask Chris question somewhere. Um, okay, here we go, JSP. Now, I know this year's October is different. Due to the special shows, but do you agree with Hell in a Cell needing to be in October because of Halloween have instead of September? Um, Hell in a Cell is getting too gimmicky, too. See, at first, a few years ago, I was okay with WWE having some gimmick pay-per-views, but now they're doing such a poor way. that They're not making me interested in watching the pay-per-view. They're selling the pay-per-view by the gimmicks, and they shouldn't. You know, just because you're saying, okay, well, this is a TLC pay-per-view, that doesn't mean that I'm automatically buying into the pay-per-view just because there's a gimmick to it. You know, and, and, and WWE's been doing that, unfortunately, for, for a while now. So, I don't know. Uh, either either or, you know, um, I'm not – just because it says Hell in a Cell, okay, so what? You know, give me a compelling storyline, so – I suppose Hell in a Cell makes sense in October, but, you know, they're not having it, so. All right, so let's get right into, let's get into another trivia question, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. What was Max Payne known as in WWE? How about that, ladies and gentlemen, for you all you old school fans? What was Max Payne known as in WWE. You didn't think that was coming, did you? Um, all right, so what's next? Let's talk about Steve Austin. What do y'all believe? Uh, who who would be a good manager? Let's just let's do it from a conversational standpoint. Steve, Steve Austin was talking about in his uh, 
form uh, one of his podcasts uh, that he believes managers still need a presence in the WWE in, in wrestling. Period. And I agree with him. Um, really, you know, what we have is uh, you have Sunil Singh, which is good for Jinder Mahal, I believe. Um, you have Paul Heyman, of course. Um, I agree that Drew Gulak would be a really good manager. I agree with that. Um, who else would be a good manager right now? Who should manage the Office of Pain? So obviously Ellering, who was a fantastic, yeah, Zelina Vega, she's she's doing really good. Uh, Brandon, good job. Man, Mountain Rock, great job. Um, Zelina Vega's doing a fantastic job. Um, who would be a good manager for the Authors of Pain? That I mean, that would be. That would that's that's the question on deck right now, so yeah, heck of a name that is. I agree. Um, who can manage the authors of pain right now? Because Paul Ellering um, was a fantastic manager for authors of pain in NXT, but um, you know, for some odd reason, they wrote him off as the manager of authors of pain. Paige is Paige is uh, currently. Um, GM, and I think she's doing a pretty decent job. I'm actually getting impressed with uh, Paige's GM. She's fitting right in. So uh, what what else do you think? Who should manage the authors of pain right now? Because they did a, you know, they, they basically broke the fourth wall with them on this week, and they had them cut a promo. Oh. They had them cut a promo. What in the world? Why would you have them cut a promo? Their whole point was they're supposed to be just henchmen, you know, just kind of mercenaries. Why would you put a mic with them? And that that segment with them and Titus Worldwide was the oddest, one of the oddest segments in all of Raw because you put a mic on Authors of Pain. That was an absolutely terrible idea. I have no idea who would even think about that and approving that before it, before it happened. That was terrible. Armando Estrada, I think that's a fantastic uh, option. I've, I've said that on my show before. That would be my choice of of, of managing authors of pain. I totally agree with that. Um, Kalisto, eh. Sandow, yes, absolutely. Sandow would be a fantastic manager. Abraham Washington, sure. <laughs> yeah. If you make sure to stay PC, he'll be a good manager for sure. Um, if you want my Finn managing them, uh, I mean, you know, he led the Bullet Club when he was Prince Devitt. Um, we'll see. Hogan, no. I do not want to see Hogan as a manager brother. Um. Yes, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper are still a tag team. They are the tag team champions on SmackDown, actually. The Bl- Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, Reza, Reza Romon as a manager? No, I don't see that. Uh, I think Damian Sandow was probably the best one I've seen so far. So, 
Um, I'm just tuning in now, Chris. You may have discussed this already, but Randy's promo was great tonight. What did you think? Okay, yeah, we'll talk about that, Mike. Uh, Eric Bischoff, yeah, absolutely. Or as Vince Man would say, Eric Bischoff. Um, <laughs> Conan's been Conan's a good manager for LAX right now, and uh, anniversary. Kudos to Impact Wrestling. Kudos to Impact Wrestling. They are really turning some heads. They're really, you know, building themselves from the ground up again. And uh, you know, they they are the king of nine lives. It seems like uh, it would have been curtains for for Impact Wrestling. But uh, man, anniversary, very impressive. Um, kudos to Brian Cage for winning the X Division Championship, and uh, yeah, I got to give a special shout out to uh, to Slam Anniversary for Impact Wrestling. Uh, Booker T, no, I don't see that. Flair, no, I don't see that. Titus, yes, I definitely think Titus should go to the manager route exclusively, for sure. Uh, all right, so um, John Cena. Uh, he said that uh, he does. He said that it, he said that turning heel in the WWE is not going to happen. Um, I had a, I had a conversation with someone that I believe that now more than ever is when uh, John Cena should turn heel, uh, and you know it's one of those things that merch was a big thing for Cena as far as the reason why they didn't turn him, and it's like now he's a part timer. He hasn't appeared in WWE for three months, and merch isn't the deal anymore. So now, I would say now more than ever is the time to turn Cena heel. A lot of people are saying, um, or someone's saying Kevin Owens, no. Uh, see, uh, Kevin Owens is still a wrestler. I'm talking about someone who's exclusively a manager. Um, but... Um, yeah, yeah. So I think now is a good time to turn to Cena heel, and, and people are saying that you know he's too old and things things like that. But here's the thing: Cena's 41 right now, and Hulk Hogan was almost 43 years old when he, you know, when the NWO formed in in July of '96. So I think that I think that Cena would be perfect. I mean, Hogan was just about 43 and it added, you know, a dozen years in his career. So why not turn Cena heel right now? I mean, why not have Cena, you know, uh, have some type of, uh, faction on SmackDown or even a faction on raw, you know, I think SmackDown probably be a good idea right now to have a faction, um, of some heels. I mean, why not do it? You know, now is a good time to turn Cena heel. I think that uh, I, I made some type of uh, booking for that too. I forgot which what it, what what it, what it was, but I did book for that too. Um, I think it was. I had Cena come from the crowd. I think he turns on AJ. I think that's who I had him turn on was AJ Styles. Um, comes from the crowd, pretends to help AJ with you know Samoa Joe. But then he turns on AJ instead and just beats the snot out of him. In order for John Cena to have an actual heel turn, he has to turn on someone who's a really huge baby face. Like you can't do it. Like you can't turn on Roman Reigns because you'll get cheered. I'm a Roman Reigns guy. Everybody knows that. 
but you can't turn on Roman Reigns because you'll get cheered. So if you you have to do it to a baby, like a huge baby face. And I would say probably AJ Styles is the biggest baby face right now. So, uh, X Chris, how would you, okay, there, well, there you go. I just said it. <laughs> um, the question was, how would you book John Cena as a heel? Which I just answered before even looking at that question. Uh, Corey Graves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, he managed, um, in NXT. I think that would have been great. I think it would be great. Uh, Ask Chris, considering the reportedly demand for Ciampa's merch prior to his title, could merch really be a reason for not turning heel? Well, it was for Cena, um, and it has been for Roman Reigns. So, um, But at the same time, Rusev is booked as a heel, but Rusev Day is one of, one of the hottest merch items now. You know, I liked it, I liked it during the days where um, – uh, I, I liked it during the days where the kayfabe was so true, and that's the reason why I would get that, that, that's the reason I liked AJ Styles. Uh, um, that's the reason why I liked uh, JBL and uh, Chris Jericho so much because when they were heels, they were like, "No, you know, I don't want anything to do, you know, with uh, with merch because." Because I'm a heel, and I really, really appreciate that. Um, yeah, uh, Brandon is uh, saying Daniel Bryan. Chris is saying Daniel Bryan as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Wow, boy, yep. I think Daniel Bryan is um, a really good option to turn heel toward. Yeah, I think I think that's a fantastic idea. Because uh, Cena and Miz is to do is you put them in. Um, no, Sanity, no, Bludgeon Brothers, no. Now, but Bludgeon Brothers would work, would have worked if they didn't if they weren't so over gimmick. Um, but I'm sure there's two people. I'm sure there's two other people that would work that would, you know, as having beef with the bar. Good job. Yeah, I agree, Joker. That's a really good. That's a good one. So you have Miz and the Bar, which they've teamed up before. They jump up. They jump on Daniel Bryan. You have John Cena's music or come from the you know, crowd or whatever. John Cena's music, he makes, he rolls in to make the save, and then he just decimates Daniel Bryan. He takes off the colored merch. He's done with the colored merch. You have John Cena, The Miz, and The Bar raising their hands in victory. So that's that's the new stable for SmackDown. Just think about how much that would be ex- ex- uh, exciting to see. Um, no, I don't think I don't think the I don't think the new day should split up. I don't I, I don't agree with that because I don't think that they would do. I don't think they would be remotely successful as singles as they are right now. So absolutely not. I think I think they can go their separate. I mean, I think they can go into different divisions. I think as a unit, like the Four Horsemen was. 
you know, Ric Flair was the, 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 the main event guy. Tully and Arn was the, the mid-card guys in the team as well. Then you had the t- typically the U.S. champion guy, which was the, the Wyndham and the Luger. So, yeah, I, I don't think you – I mean, Arn and Ole was te- uh, teaming, and then Blanchard was the mid-card guy uh, during the original formation, and then Arn and, and Tully start teaming up. And so, yeah, you can you can have them go into different divisions, but New Day is a lock. You don't split up New Day because if they if they if they split up and they go to different, you know, and and they're actually individual talent, there's no way that they would ever make a, a Hall of Fame to me. But now, um, but but now they're 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 creating a Hall of Fame career, you know, because uh, because they're a good faction, so. All right, so what's next? We got um, CM Punk. Um, so, okay, Axe Chris, hashtag Axe Chris. If you have any more questions, I'll put it down right here. Um, if you have any more questions, and I'll I'll jump right into them. Um, yeah, Cena should have a definitely a scruffy look, definitely a, a some type of beard and things like that as well. Um. So, uh, so Ring of Honor reportedly interested in uh, wanting CM Punk of the G1 Supercard for 2019, um, which would be uh, huge. It's going to be in Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, CM Punk's, uh, you know, he, he's 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 an ROH guy. You know, he, he came from ROH, so it would be a, a homecoming for him. But uh, you know, he's been very adamant about wrestling being a thing of the past. So he said in interviews leading up to his match against uh, Mike Jackson, and uh, he was talking about how much it's a thing of the past. He has no interest in wrestling anymore, which is hard for me to, you know, uh, bully Ray said it as well. Like, it's, I can understand if one promotion kind of takes you down and, and, and makes you upset, but to say that you're – just have no interest in pro wrestling period is really tough to, to really understand as a, as a wrestling fan. So, uh, ask Chris, do you think Matt Riddle was in the crowd at NXT Brooklyn? Yeah, I do. I, I think Matt Riddle will be, there was some, I think there was a PWG date that he had to cancel it was another indie date that he had to cancel. So those are usually the tried and true, uh, foreshadows of, um, of a WWE appearance. So I think that we will see Matt Riddle in NXT Brooklyn. Um, that's my opinion. All right. Raw and SmackDown. Um, Bully Ray would be a good AOP manager. Um, I don't know. I think you got to have the look, too. You know, so I don't know. Ask Chris, uh, Heyman turns on Brock at SummerSlam and goes with Roman. I think that would be great. Yes, I talked about that. I talked about that last week. Um, I, 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 I kind of set the whole scene as far as what I think. I actually talked about the Wrestling Inc. podcast last Monday. I said that uh, I think that uh, Heyman should Heyman should turn on Lesnar. Uh, Roman beats Lesnar. And just takes them out, takes them all the way out, um, and um, you know, say the reigning, defending, 
Universal Champion Roman Reigns, and the crowd is booing the snot out of him. And then Brock is also scheduled for the Raw after SummerSlam. So what you do is you um, you have Roman Reigns come out again and just give him multiple chair shots, uh, and and Heyman, you know, just uh, look at him and and just uh, in disgust. And that's the way to write that's the way to write him off. That, that would be my that would be my booking. Uh, Brandon's asking, do you think Cena can have the old Hollywood rock gimmick to turn heel? I think it's possible. I mean, you know, it was, it was impossible. It was very difficult to think, um, that Hogan could pull it off and he did it masterfully. So I think it's possible. I don't see, I don't see it now, but I think it's very, very possible that it could happen for sure. Uh, Right now, you have AJ Styles as baby as as would have no work. I can not say what. Um, fan, but not. Because I have a bad call. Um, uh, I think it was a bad call uh, to switch the decision for WrestleMania 34 to make him champ. I think he should have been champ for sure. Um, so, yeah. Just got a message from Evan saying that uh, the weather um, – Okay, so yeah, he's having some some basement stuff and um with his with his with a relative. So he'll be back next week. Okay, so real quick as far as the Brickhouse Brown, from what I've known and from what I was told was um uh Blue Brian Blair announced that he was because they, they he was informed that he passed away and then they um and then they he woke up and told his mom I'm hungry and then um he was pronounced dead as far as I far as I heard and then they he he woke up, you know, that just I you know. I, I believe in miracles personally and I think that's what it was. I've seen some people talk about some call it a scientific term which you know, we can have an off camera we can have we can have an off show conversation of um you know how science is how science is a proof you know, it's it's there for proof, but we'll we'll talk. You know, follow me at Chris Prolific. We can talk about that uh, <laughs> away from the away from the show. Uh, all right, ask Chris. Uh, what is your favorite story? And the uh, Zed is asking this. What is your favorite story in the women's division on either SmackDown or Raw? Um, I'm loving the Becky Lynch thing. Uh, I'm, Becky Lynch is one of my favorite uh, female wrestlers. Um. And I'm loving the fact that they're giving her push. I love the fact that she was, uh, you know, kind of, kind of inching up and building up those wins um, with uh, Mandy Rose and 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 so- uh, Sonya Deville. And I love there's an underdog 
I love the underdog story, and I think that that's what they're doing with uh, Becky Lynch or, or Becky Balboa. You know, I love the underdog story. I think that she's doing a fantastic job, and I think they should let her win at Survivor Series uh, at SummerSlam. I think they why not? They should do it. I think they, you know, as much as the WWE has been very disappointing with a lot of ways that they've booked stuff. I think that they're doing a fantastic job with Becky Lynch. And I think that uh, she should win. She should win this at uh, uh, SummerSlam. She should beat um, uh, Carmella. Carmella's just, uh, she hasn't clicked to me as a champ. I'm disconnected with her. Um, They fired uh, Ellsworth. So it seems like they're going to, it seems like she'll probably be dropping the belt. Um, Especially since they fired fired uh, Ellsworth on on uh, on um, um, SmackDown recently, um, just just last night. So yeah, just she's she's not connecting with me at all. So they they should drop the title for her from her. So we'll see. Uh, Brandy's asking, what is the best match you ever saw? Mine was Bret Hart versus Mister Perfect at SummerSlam. That's a that's a big one. I you know that's that's. <laughs> that's a that's one that's high up there. Best match I ever saw, though. Mm. Best match I ever saw. I gotta go. I gotta go. Steamboat Flair. That would be my. That would be my. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, Steamboat Flair. I think. Uh, Steamboat is my third favorite. My she, he's in my top three, uh, third, third of all time, and so I would say I would say Seamboat Flair. Uh, Gabriel's asking, with all the rumored titles, do you think there would be too many championships, or do you think there's too many titles already? Yeah, I think there's. I, I'm okay with, I'm okay with a lot of titles if you have a lot of people. Um, like I'm, a, I'm, you know, people critique. New Japan's open weight championship, but um, I like it. I like their titles. It's more division, you know, it's more division focused. With the WWE, I think they should go that route too. If they have all these titles, it kind of be should be division focused as well. I'm okay with the US. I'm okay with the IC. You know, I'm I'm cool with all that. No, why not? You've got, you know, <laughs> over 50 people on the roster. Uh, it doesn't make sense if we're just seeing matches with no with no build to it. Uh, Chris is asking, what would be a few of your dream matches for the Evolution Women's Pay-Per-View? Uh, I, I want to see Trish versus uh, Sasha. Uh, we kind of saw that with the Royal Rumble. Um, as far as dream matches, um, where could I put Lita in a dream match as far as anybody? I, I think Lita and Ember Moon would be a really good match. Um, both kind of have that, you know, type of flair to them. I think Lita and Ember Moon would be really good. Uh, let's see. There's a couple couple more. That Wild Boy is asking, how real is the women's tag division happening? Becky Lynch has said that she wanted to come, that she wanted to do it for, for a couple of years now. She's been pitching, pitching it over and over and over again. So, absolutely. Uh, flair was Dusty Stokes' match for the world title at 86 Grand American Bash. I was a big fan of that one. Absolutely. Iron Man, Sean Richard Brett. Yep. That was that was a good one, too. 17, Rock versus Austin was a good one, too. I agree. But, uh, yeah, I think, I, I think I'm going to stick with um, 
with Flair versus Steamboat. Uh, Mike's asking, what do you think Bobby Lashley would do at SummerSlam Triple Threat, especially since he's beaten Roman? Yeah, I, they may do a triple threat, but it doesn't make sense for them to, for for them to do all this for Roman to do it. Roman's going to win. Um, I, I want to see a singles match. I don't want to see a triple threat. I would have, you know, I'm cool with Lashley versus Lesnar. That would have been my choice, but you know, I understand that they want to make Roman the person who beats Brock. They should have done it matches ago. To be honest with you, I think the greatest Royal Rumble would have been a place to do it. Um, because he would have been cheered in Saudi Arabia. So, you know. Savage and Steamboat. Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. All right, so that's pretty much it with Raw and SmackDown. Before we get to uh, the documentary real quick, um, let's see if there's any other random notes as far as Raw is concerned. Um, B-Team, Deleters of Worlds. Yeah. Um, the Banks of Bailey... If they do the tag team titles, I think that they may that may work. But uh, you know, if it leads to a match between them two, I think it's just you know just odd for them to do that. They already didn't like each other, so for them to get back to good graces and then not like each other again would be really weird. Um, it's, Strowman was just a foolproof babyface for a while, but it just seems like he's kind of disconnecting a bit. I, I don't. I don't see, you know, the, <laughs> WWE has a way of ruin, ruining gimmicks, that's for sure, unfortunately. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Lesnar, uh, excuse me, Reigns versus Lassie was a really good match. Big fan of that match. SmackDown was good. I think SmackDown beats uh, Raw handily. Uh, the Orton promo, I'm, I, you know, I, I get tired of the whole... Um, you know, I've been here for 16 years, and y'all, don't, you know, y'all don't treat me. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, you know. I think Orton, Orton is almost getting to the Big Show level of babyface and heel turns. You know, he's a good heel, he's a better heel. Uh, but you know, we've we've seen that song and dance before. Uh, so Samoa Joe being the person uh, that faces AJ Styles, I think that's, that's something that we knew for for a while now. Uh, many people predict that, so it's going to be a fantastic match. I, I, I absolutely agree. I'm glad the New Day beat Sanity. Um, New Day has been a, on a little bit of a slump lately, so yeah, I think I'm, I think that was a great call. Um, and then the Miz and Maurice thing was just to promote the the you know the show, so that was just a a very marketable way to end the show, which I, I wasn't a big fan of, but I understand why they did it. Gabriel's asking, what superstar do you think could have big success outside of WWE like Cody has have? Uh, someone was let go um, now from the WWE. I think Dolph Ziggler would do good. I think that he would, uh, you know, he's he's a workhorse. I think that he would do good outside of WWE. Um, it was on some show that I saw that someone said that uh, they that Chad Gable should should <laughs> should leave the WWE. I don't know how good he'll do, um, you know, outside of the Indies, but it's probably not a bad idea. Um, who else would do good? One more person before we go to the Flavor of the Week that would do good outside of WWE. Uh, let's go Seth Rollins. Yeah, well, he already did. You know, he's you know he already did really good. He was he was a world champion ROH. So yeah. Dolph Ziggler is pretty much a WWE guy, you know, 
So I would say, of course, Roman Reigns would do fantastic. Uh, do you think that uh, Lexi's asking, do you think the position could ditch the Reigns Lesnar match given the public backlash? No, no. Uh, you, you know, Roman, uh, Roman Reigns is the heir apparent. Um, they, they should have done it a while ago, but they're going to do it at SummerSlam. I can definitely see them do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk a little bit about, um, Let's 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 talk a little bit about beyond the mat. Uh flavor of the week. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right, I would say probably out of the hashtag movie uh, uh movie review series. I would say that this is probably my <laughs> that is hilarious. Yes, week. <laughs> um, I would say that probably Beyond the Mat was probably my favorite movie out of them. Uh, it's more of a it was a movie. It's a movie, but it's more of a documentary. Um, it was great to see No Holds Barred again. What's that smell? Dookie. <laughs> that was fun to see again. Ready to Rumble was cool again. You know, can I get a big old? By the way, I have a uh, XFL. XFL. See that? XFL shirt. I was a big fan of the Chicago Enforcers uh, back back in the XFL days. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Wild Boys, uh, ask Chris in your Vince voice, can you announce Roman as the new Universal Champion? Of course I will. Wild Boy. They have the WWE Championship uh, right there, and uh, if I had a Universal Championship, I I still decided not to get the the Universal Championship because I'm still not completely sold on the on the design with the red belt. But when Roman Reigns win the Universal Championship, Vince McMahon would come and pull a mic and he would say, "Ladies and gentlemen." I present to you the new Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. That's what he would do, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, so yeah, uh, <laughs> beyond the mat. Yeah, I was a, I was a big fan of this. It was really good to see again, and uh, it was it was just. Uh, I was impressed. I was impressed. Um, I think that, yeah, Joker, I've forgotten what the universal belt looks like. Yeah. Haven't we all? Haven't we all? Um, Yeah. So we'll see. Um, We'll see. Yeah. So what's it beyond the mat? Um, I, I, I took a lot of notes. It's probably the most notes I've taken. I took a lot for No Holds Bar too, but this is probably Beyond the Mat is probably the most I've taken because there was so much. It was so action packed. Um, it, it was a really good documentary. Uh, Chris said he remembers seeing it in the theaters. Yeah. So you start off. First of all, this is the first note I, I wrote. A cameo from Test and Giant Silva. Uh, when when Vince McMahon they were just walking around the. The Titan Towers. How about that? Um, the Tess was just kind of sitting down in the office, and Giant Silver was just kind of walking in the hallway. 
And uh, so I guess that's just kind of what they do. They just walk around Titan Towers, and while Vince McMahon is coming down and doing his doing his walk, <laughs> you have uh, people like Test and Giant Silva that's just like, "Hey, Vince, how's it going? I, I'm well, pal." <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so that was co- that was cool to see. Uh, Test, uh, I really like Test too. I think Test was this uh, unsung talent. I think there was so much. I think there was so much potential in Test. I wish they would have made him ECW champ because they kind of repackaged him in ECW, and he was a really menacing heel. I think uh, I really wish they would have made him ECW champ. Um, Jim Johnson, really props to Jim Johnson. I mean, I think that he's one of the greatest minds in music. Uh, he he was talking about how he made uh, Vader's theme song, and he was like, he was this. Because he can just imagine, um, yes, Zed. See, t- he said, uh, t- Zed says, Tess was great, good wrestler with an awesome theme. I was a huge mark for Tess' uh, original theme song. Like, I had no idea what they were saying. I had no clue what they were saying, except for test. This is a test. Um, and yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, I was, I was a mark for that song. Um, let's see if I can find it real quick. Uh, I was a big fan. Let's see if this is the right one here. I think this is it. Yeah. Hey. Cool song. Very cool song. That was so cool. I was a big fan of that song. Uh <laughs> I've run the gauntlet. <laughs> yes. Now you know. Now I'm gonna work out. Uh, I'm currently in back surgery. Still recovering from back surgery, and that's really hard for a personal trainer to recover from back surgery because I can't. Uh, I can't exercise, and it's. I mean, you know, I'm keeping my weight off, but it's tough uh, not to be able to exercise. I love exercising. So yeah, we'll see. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> there's. <laughs> we go wrap up here in a minute. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. I had uh, back surgery. Yeah. But I had uh, the L5S1. So they uh, like a 13 inch incision uh, in my back. And uh, this is the second back surgery I had actually. Uh, 2013 I had one too. I had a micro me, but uh, this one's real deal. So I uh, I'm minimal movement. September, so it's been really tough for me because I love, uh, I love, uh, yeah, I have, I have rods and screws that I get. Um, so it's been really tough for someone who loves working out not to work out. Thank you, Joker saying getting better, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Dad. He's uh, uh, carroting with Joker uh, saying. Uh, just, uh, yeah, Jim Johnson, uh, real cool. Uh, he's going to puke segment with uh, with Drozda. Uh, thank you, Bob, for the great recovery. I appreciate that. It's been three months. It's been a tough three months, but um, 
but at the same time, uh, back, you know, uh, in much better shape than what it was before. Right now, the healing is more incision area, uh, muscle. Uh, my, my, my doctor said that you're a muscular guy, so the the um, the healing is going to be uh, longer to get those muscles together. Yes, the rods are permanent. Yes, the bone basically Roger screws in there, and the bone the the bone forms over that. So and, and so about a you know this time this next year. The bone would form over the rods and the screws and fuse fuse it in. So that's that's how that works. So, so yeah, the, the uh, thanks to speedy recovery. Um, he's gonna puke. So it was cool seeing Jr. and Tim Cornette doing you know kind of doing the whole conversing backstage with the with the big big fat old uh, camera, uh, which is funny. Um, and Vince kind of making a cameo, saying, you know, I gotta go. Uh, he was, he was. There was a spot. He was like, oh, you know. And then, you know, he was like, all right, I gotta go. You gonna give me a video of it? And that was really cool to see that. Um, and then, you know, the ECW part was really cool too. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Just the promo and just seeing how everybody would say how uh, 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 Paul Heyman revs people up. And, Seeing that, you know, uh, so that was really cool. I and mean, it was really sad to see the whole Jake Roberts thing. But of course, now you've got, you know, the DDP yoga, which is really cool. Um, and then uh, the Foley, Foley piece was really cool too. And then we've got Noel, no, little Noel Foley. How about that? It's been a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, last Max question, what's the best wrestling podcast? Ladies and gentlemen, the best wrestling podcast is the Pancakes and Power Slam Show. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, God bless you all. Enjoy your record wrestling. And always remember, have a good week, ladies and gentlemen. God bless. Have a good night. Bye-bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.